0: My name is Sheldon Price. I like to force my friends to watch an entire franchise they've never seen, all in the course of one weekend. Join me in a journey of binging movies and destroying friendships along the way. This month, Coleman Ranahan and the Pirates of the Caribbean. This is Ruin Your Weekend. Well, we've just shot our way out of a coffin and finished the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. What do you think, Coleman? It was very dead man
1: and very chesty. Yep, um, I don't know it, what that means. It wasn't.
0: It wasn't a chest inside somebody's actual chest, like yeah. you may have thought. But it was a heart inside a chest, which I
1: respect. Yeah. Um, it was. It, it was. I think it's on par for me with the first one. Um, yeah. I like. It didn't. There were weird trade-offs. So, like I. There are things that it did better in the second one that it didn't necessarily do in the first one, but where, like, the first one kind of excelled, the second one kind of, like, lagged in certain areas. So, like, yeah. um, I think one felt, like, more adventurous, maybe, um, whereas the second, like, obviously the second had, like, better, like, more character stuff, but, like, uh, some
0: some of the elements were just a little lacking here and there. Yeah, I think the second one is missing kind of a big... We don't have a through line through the whole story of what is this, the arc of this story? What is the adventure? What are they trying to get? I guess they're trying to get the heart, but it doesn't come through in every scene the way in the first one. You're like, okay, yeah. they're trying to get these coins back to end this this curse. Yeah. This one, it's a little murky. Yeah. They, def-
1: they definitely leave elements for another movie.
0: Yeah. So. And you can tell, um, well, uh, and a big reason for that is they filmed this one and the third one back to back. They knew, Makes like, sense. with the success of the first one, we're going to get more of these movies, let's make a trilogy. They got the same director, the same writers, boom, 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 make it all back-to-back. Back. And, I mean, it it full-on ends in a cliffhanger where they don't even care about, like, the resolution of this yeah. movie. They're like, yeah, you're going to watch the next one. <laughs> Who gives a shit? He, he's, there's a Kraken there, and... Yeah. yeah, and so that's the end of the movie. Black Pearl, poof, It's it's yeah. gone. It's taken by a Kraken, or a Kraken. Kraken, Kraken. Oh, I, I do love that scene where they're discussing how to pronounce it, whether it's Kraken <laughs> or Kraken. Because um, I think that's something that many people who read come upon something in fantasy writing yeah. where you're like, I don't know how no. to pronounce this. And you decide it in your head. And so it is kind of this nice little argument that they have.
1: I definitely like that they are a through line for this series. Those um, two? At least as, as of right now, obviously. Yeah. Um... But they yeah they're like very Michael Pena Ant-Man sort of like (laughs) explanation of things was great I wish I kind of wish they had done that in the first movie too like I wish that had been like a a concurrent like thing where they just do this every time and you're like
0: oh okay so like we're like angered to these guys yeah and like I I totally would have loved it but I thought it was great because it it really was a great moment where I think the writers knew that it was getting a bit convoluted yeah and so they have them kind of stop and pause and explain why everyone is fighting for this generation and why they're all, like, sword fighting each other. Um, And in that scene, I think the the thing that this movie does best, it excels in its really big set pieces from that wheel that everyone is fighting on to, like, the very beginning of this movie, there's, uh, like, when they're climbing in the cage and it's rolling down the hill with... uh, I mean, Jack Sparrow has the really intricate eye makeup and all the islanders. Yeah. I feel like they really touch on different parts of this world than the first one didn't. Yeah. Like, the first one is very much just cut and dry. Here's a pirate port town. Here's the ocean. And that's basically it. Yeah. This they touch on a little bit, showing, like, the world isn't fully lived in. It's not fully colonized. Yeah. But there's that looming threat. East yeah. India Trading Company is there. The white man is coming and putting their hands everywhere. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a, a fight for power, yeah. seeing who is who's going to end up winning the Caribbean mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yeah, I I, I I don't know. I it's it's one where it's a messy movie. I think it's not nearly as happy as the first one. Like it ends kind of on a down note. Where yeah, it, get, it definitely
1: gets a little bit darker in this one. Like it. Tonally, I think this movie is, like, a, a. it's not necessarily a complete shift, it's just a deeper shift. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that makes sense, and I'm, I'm actually cool with that. I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad it's, like, sort of a differentiation from the first one. Right. Um, where, where this one, like, just kind of, like, sort of empires its way into, like, the rest of, like, the story. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I do respect I do respect like the total shift.
0: Yeah, I think they could have easily just made it very campy over the top, yeah. goofy piratey. And granted there are some goofy moments, like a lot of lines where they're a bit groaners. Yeah. But for the most part, like you said, it is very much a shift towards an Empire Strikes Back, a a second movie in a franchise that has some weight to it. Yeah. So what happened in this movie that was a bit unexpected for you? Like I think this one definitely starts to veer off into the side of fantasy. It's leaning heavily on the mythological elements of a lot of pirate lore yeah. and a lot of other things. What were you not expecting coming into this? Uh just like
1: I can't say that I like didn't didn't not expect like more fantasy because obviously in the first one you have zombie <laughs> monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh so like the whole Cthulhu-esque Davy Jones uh, sort of element was, Ooh. like, totally unsurprising. But, like, yeah, it was very much like, oh, we're not just diving into this. Now, they've sort of, like, left the human anchor out of it. Like, yeah. the, the, their humanity is not necessarily there anymore to connect to. Now it's just them
0: as, like, fantasy sort of yeah. monsters. Were like Yeah, the only members of that crew that look like humans yeah. are... Will, whenever he first joins them, yeah. and his dad, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, and now, like, so
1: now Davy Jones is actually, a, like, I think I was reading, like, Davy Jones's locker is just a metaphor for the bottom of the ocean, right? Yeah, and- it's,
0: it's kind of the bottom of the ocean, and Dead Man's Chest, which is, like, the name of this movie, um, a dead man's chest was if you maroon somebody on an island that's ah. just rocks... Where, like, a chest, kind of, like, the way the water splashes against the rocks is, like, a heaving chest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the idea of this movie is a lot of abandonment and death yeah. and what happens when you are by yourself at the end of your life. Yeah. And I like that Davy Jones comes upon these shipwrecks and he offers people a chance. Yeah. Like, he needs people to crew his ship to, to help him, like... I guess, guide people into the underworld, and he get, he offers them, like, would you like to die right now? Yeah. Or would you like to serve a hundred years under me and basically turn into one of these fish monsters? Yeah. I... Would Would you do it? If you're at the end of your life, you're on this ship, creepy Cthulhu man with a claw for a hand comes up to you, asks if you feared death, would you maybe, join him? Maybe. I, I I do like the ocean... Right, yeah. like, and a hundred years, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that can go by pretty quickly. I mean, but I mean, most humans never lived a hundred years, right. and even if you do, you don't remember the first five years or so. So, yeah. like, that's it's not a terrible deal. I mean, the trade-off is that you turn into a fish man, <laughs> and th- that's not great. Yeah.
1: but the the slippery hands, like trying to grip something, might be a little like, Ugh. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not the biggest, like, sea... I, I like the ocean. I don't like the sea, like, elements necessarily Ooh. quite so much.
0: And it seems like they live, like, under the ocean. The way that ship always is coming out from the depths, yeah. I think you would be smack dab in the middle of the sea. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. I, I've always wondered watching this movie, do they get to choose what creature they turn into? Or <laughs> is it just thrust upon them, like... One day you're just like going about the crew, and then you're like, "Oh damn it! I'm turning into a jellyfish. I'm gonna be a jellyfish for a hundred years." Very unexpected. Yeah. yeah, like that guy gets to be a hammerhead shark, and like the one dude has to be a hermit crab. Like that's not—it's not the lobster, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Oh. There, are uh, there some good ones where you're like, you won, you yeah. got a, a good sea creature, and other guys where you're like, oh, you're the laughing stock, and you don't know it yet. Oh no, I'm a seahorse. <laughs> uh, the one I, I will say the fantasy aspect like didn't like
1: uh, surprise me as much. The one thing that sort of did surprise me actually, weirdly, I guess maybe uh, I could be the only one who had this reaction, but like uh, Jack Norrington, the Commodore, oh. uh, his ter- like sudden turn, like I, I, I'm cool with it, but like his sudden turn to, like, absolute, like, rags. Yeah, what like, a fall great. from grace. Yeah, like... I, I, I respected his, like, sort of, like, uh, accept of, not necessarily defeat, but just that life wasn't being thrown his way, necessarily. Yeah. But,
0: like, he really just got thrown to the, yeah. to the depths there. Well, I, I like that this movie, or this franchise in general, shows you consequences of actions. Mm. Even if there's wild, weird yeah. fantasy... In real life, like, at the end of the first movie you see, he makes a choice not to go after Jack immediately. He says, I think we can afford to give him one day's head start. Turns out that was too much because they never caught him. And his whole, like, crew blamed him for it. He 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 went through the path of a hurricane and his crew was like, you're gone, we hate you. All because of one choice. And to just kind of see how far he came... You understand why, at the end, he's willing to sell out these pirates for, like, a shot with the East India Trading Company for any bit of money, because he has nothing. Yeah, and I, I think it suits, it. like, his, like, sort of, like, not necessarily, uh,
1: smarmy was the word we were using earlier before we recorded this, but, um, like, his, his like, sort of, like, sort of Wesley Wyndham Price-ish,
0: yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Like, he
1: very much, like, has something taken away from him, but, of course, because of his actions, um... And so, like, that, that sort of, like, um, evolution, uh, is not completely unexpected. Right. So, but, like, I, I get it, and it works, and, like, it's a thing that, like, I can totally see happening for, like, the rest of his arc. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and and I like, now that we're touching on it, like, we we built up the the mythology of this story that there's this huge fantasy villain, like, there's mm-hmm. Davy Jones, this literal, like, octopus man yeah. that we see as the villain. And he has a, a giant, massive octopus pet, which is also the villain. But then we see, like, the real villain, what's scarier than all of this, is humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, has always been. Humans are trying to kill humans no matter what. Yeah. And to see the East India Trading Company come in, and the, the way that they operate in... Like, in general, the way that they're taking over the oceans and stamping out piracy is creepy and you can feel it coming on where you're like, I know this is advancement of human society and mm. technically this is what people should be doing. Yeah. But we care for these characters so much, these antiheroes, that we don't want society to advance to a point where the antiheroes no longer exist. Yeah. Uh <laughs> The funny thing is,
1: um, you know David Jones is an actual villain because he plays the organ with his tentacles. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just to drive the point across, you know, I I might kill a few people if they don't join my company, but the fact that I played the organ with my tentacles. Tentacles. Oh,
0: I love the tentacles in this movie. (laughs) I love how they react to things, especially at the end when he opens up the chest, there's no heart, and they're just writhing about. Yeah, twitching. Um, But that, like... So the actor who plays that is Bill Nye, and he like he amongst all of the other crew on Davy Jones' ship, everyone there is an actor wearing a mocap suit. Mm-hmm. None of that was just a CGI character. They're all actors wearing mocap suits, and uh, Bill Nye he had like mocap on his face, and in some scenes he would wear little tentacles that they would like later on make yeah. a move and stuff. Some of but- that seemed very like mixed like in terms of like CGI practical yeah. yeah and so even in this movie they're doing their best to still remain practical in a sense where they're yeah. they're still building out like the the wheel that they fought on that was practical they built it and it weighed yeah. like several tons like a Jeez. giant massive heavy thing yeah and this one they built two pirate ships so uh the black pearl in the first one they they used like parts of other ships to shoot it and just like made uh, the deck and everything, and put yeah. that in a green screen. But this actually built out a Black Pearl, and then they built out the Flying Dutchman. Mm-hmm. And in be- like basically, in between the first one and this, Johnny Depp touched base with Tim Burton and said, Hey, mm-hmm. can you kind of come in and give your eye to a little thing? So Tim Burton helped design the ship, the Flying Dutchman, mm-hmm. and also gave tweaks to some of the monsters that lived on the ship. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why you can see, like, when the Flying Dutchman comes out of the water, it has those teeth, yeah. which is a very Tim Burton-y thing to have, like, a bunch of big teeth everywhere. If that
1: makes sense. See, the,
0: here, this might be
1: a controversial opinion. Ooh, give it. I don't necessarily think that Tim Burton's a great director all the time. I think he oh, definitely... definitely has, not all the time. Yeah, he very much has a sense of style yeah. that I think works more in elements like this, where, like, he could come... In, uh, like, I don't want to say he should be a production designer, but, like... But, no, I mean, I think
0: you're probably right. Yeah, He's, he's like, very he, good art department-wise. Yeah, wise. he's very...
1: He's got very much an eye for that kind of thing. So, like, coming in onto, like, other directors' projects and being like, this should look like this, I wouldn't be uh, opposed
0: to. And, honestly, um, it's been a long time since he's made something that's been, like, phenomenal. Yeah. I, like, most of the things he's made recently have been average at best. Mm-hmm. But something like this, where it's just visual, yeah. where you're like, hey, just make this thing look and feel spooky and otherworldly. No. Yeah. Totally. And the way was. that every time it comes out of the water, like, the ocean is just pouring out of it. When the cannons yeah. come out, it's just leaking water.
1: Yeah, like the mouths on the side of the,
0: where the cannon. yeah. Just... It's it's a great touch. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there anything else about this movie uh, that you liked, didn't like? Do you are do you like Johnny Depp any more in this? or Are you hating like because this is very much Johnny Depp's movie? I think. Yeah, he, I, I still stand by the fact that I
1: like think that he should have been more in the first one, and it's like sort of a more backgroundish character. Yeah, I think now it makes sense for him to more come into the frame. Um, yeah. But that said, I still think he's like not coasting, but like he's there. But I don't feel like he's adding a whole, like, in-depth, like... If he's there front and center, he needs to not just be there. Yeah. Like, he needs that, to, like, really bring more, like, elements into this. And I, I don't necessarily know that he's doing that in that one. It's like...
0: It's like Johnny Depp thinks the plot revolves around Captain Sparrow. Yeah. But... It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, the actual script does not. And, and so it, 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 it's very strange how he behaves as if every scene he's in is the most important in the movie whereas it ultimately a lot of them don't mean anything yeah exactly and that's
1: sort of like I don't mean to jump on another like franchise all of a sudden but that was very much the problem that I had with like uh, X-Men like as it went on because they kept being like this is about Wolverine and they're like no 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 actually it it isn't like you can jump off the
0: Wolverine thing now like uh, so it's just yeah it, it's and just because the audience likes a character does not mean that character should be the main character exactly it's like, like
1: the it's like the complaints about like Pacific Rim or something or, or like Godzilla where you're like no no the monster should always be 24/7 and you're like no that's not that's, how it works like it's like the Hulk where you're like uh, the event in the Avengers where like he's like he works better you know he works better in sparse points yeah yeah. Yeah, so.
0: really choose your moments, and that's when the audience can celebrate this character yeah. showing up. We're like, yes, remember that one scene yeah. where he showed up? As opposed to this, where it feels like it's dragging on, it's grading after mm-hmm. a bit. Like he's he's really loving the character work that he's putting in. Yeah. And it's a bit much. Yeah. Um, a couple of fun facts. There's, I mean, there's not a ton for this one. Um, but uh, one thing I, I mentioned to you in between movies. Um, because you pointed out that you thought that Hans Zimmer did the music for these. Um, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> and, and he did this one, starting on this one, is the first one he did the score for. Um, but the first movie uh, is done by a guy named Claus Bedelt. And he basically copied Hans Zimmer's song from Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. The, if and, they, like, how close they are is, like, just eerie. Yeah, so if you're if you're listening to this, pause it right now. Just look up Gladiator vs. Pirates of the Caribbean theme. It's spot on. Like, they just really add more horns and clean it up a little bit and make it brassy and bold. Yeah. But it's the same song. And so Hans Zimmer just came to them and was like, hey, you can afford me your Disney... Put me in the next movie, or I'll sue the hell out of you. <laughs> and they're like, "Yep, come on in." Yeah, we, which makes total sense because I was like, the, and the reason that I thought he was
1: a uh, he was the original composer was because he actually performed that song at Coachella
0: like yeah. two years ago, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's him doing his song." Yeah, so. and I think most people think of him when they think of Pirates of the Caribbean music. Even though he's not the one who initially came up with most of it. Like, yeah. the guy Claus stole one of his songs, but the rest of it was still him. Mm-hmm. But now we only think of Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Um, this movie also introduced Tia Dalma, who, I love her, like, little spooky witch stuff. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Harris. And the director, Gore Verbinski, rejected her instantly, where he was like, she's too young, this needs to be an older character. Hmm. And um, a lot of people insisted, like, the casting director was like, no, she is the perfect person for this role. Yeah. And finally, like, he's like, okay, whatever, we'll give her a screen test. And apparently Naomi Harris's mother is, like, kind of helped her with the dialect um, because she has a partial Jamaican accent. Her family, like, comes from Jamaican, so her mom kind of helped her nail that feel to this. It's like somebody who is... Of the islands I as opposed it. to a yeah. lot of very British people in this <laughs> and so it did add to that very like her dialect is interesting and I think it's very helpful to ground this in the Caribbean where you're like alright oh, there yeah. are even though they're in the Caribbean it's not just the colonizers yeah, that are coming let's in not it.
1: forget the actual people that live there yeah.
0: and it's not just these spooky cannibals who we did yeah. meet um, they're real creepy yeah. all those cannibals <laughs> with the face paint Love, uh, love Johnny Depp's eyes. Yeah, but, uh, that was a good makeup job, yeah. But yeah, spooky, spooky cannibals.
1: Yeah, they, they continue to keep the elements in there that are, are spooky, and they keep it consistent, which is good. Yeah.
0: So, um, so I think that's uh, that's about all we have to talk about this one. Uh, coming up next is the third film in this trilogy, even though there are five films in the series. The next one is Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. What do you think that means? What is At World's End? What is the third film going to look like? So the Earth is flat. <laughs> clearly. Um, they set the title, by the way, in the second movie. They did. And At the very And t- I
1: immediately took a drink. Yeah. Um, even though we're not just... playing drinking games. But
0: we are drinking crack and rum, yeah. which I felt was only fitting. So I, I... I don't know. Maybe that means that they're leaving the Caribbean? Oh, um, okay.
1: Maybe that means... They're gonna climb a tall mountain and um,
0: I don't know, leap off it or something. I don't. Yeah. And um, then what about any any new fantasy elements? Because I feel like this franchise is starting to lean heavily onto those and figure out that like, hey, there's a lot of lore around people and ships and creatures. Do you think? What do you think might show up? I don't know. I don't like because I feel like
1: the kraken is like you know that's from like the depths of the ocean. Like that's you've gone to the literal like. I don't know where you can go farther than like a <laughs> to... Mariana trench or something like that yeah um uh, and so, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I have no guess. Okay, I cool. Have no literal
0: guess. Well, um, a couple of the things you've mentioned there might be in this next movie. Whoa! Um, I think, uh, you may be more onto what At World's End is than you realize. If you don't put a giant, like, Hans Zimmer bwom after that, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> All right, so, uh, on to At World's End, and... The end of the trilogy and the end of our day of binging. I thought we were going to say the end of our lives or something, like the days I mean, of our lives. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel exhausted. <laughs> <laughs>